Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. Visit them at milwaukeeadmirals.com. Welcome in, Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The fan, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Flying solo, like always, on the show. Other side of the glass, he is AR Adam Roberts. As we broadcast live from the Lakeland University studios, offering evening and online master's programs. Learn more at lakeland.edu slash get started. From time to time on this show, I try to keep it loose. A little bit different than the other shows, you know, that are kind of more... Uh, nuts and bolts. Sometimes I'll get off on rants and kind of go cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, I guess, sometimes. But uh, a lot of times I, I like to kind of keep it a little bit loose, maybe back play back an interview from earlier on in a big show uh, or bring you maybe a different perspective of something maybe we didn't get to on the big show. So a lot of times maybe uh, we'll talk some brewers or something along those lines if we don't get to brewers on the big show and so forth. Uh, today, I want to do something like that different. And so today I want to have some fun. I want to just kind of go to your heart, right? I want to, I want to, I want to talk about you and your sports fandom as a person, um, and what re- has resonated with your heart from this aspect. I've been here my whole life in Wisconsin. Grew up in Kenosha. Um, went to Tremper in high school. All that stuff. And then went to uh, college, Gateway Technical College, uh, in Kenosha as well, as did Tim Allen. And he eventually uh, taught a class there as well and so forth. That program is now gone. Um, So for me, over the course of soon to be 46 years at the end of the month, I've seen quite a bit. 
not as much as those of you that are older than me, obviously, that have lived here your whole life, but I've seen quite a bit. Um, I've had my emotions um, go in both directions from happiness to being just flat out irate and mad. And sometimes that's come out on the radio. Um, there for a while, it came out quite a bit uh, on Bucks post game shows or Brewers post game shows back in the day with Tim. I can tell you that at no point growing up did I ever think that I would have the opportunity as a fan to watch the best player in their sport. Never. Never thought in a million years I'd ever get the chance to do that. And now I get the chance to do that every time there's a game on when Giannis takes the floor. That is amazing. That is cool. That makes me happy. Makes you smile. That not only is he the best player in the sport, he's one of the best dudes in sports, period. Now, again, I, I don't I don't know the dude away from the court. I mean, we know what he puts up on TikTok videos with his Oreos and and stuff like that. We have that idea. But other than that, we don't really know per se. We just go off of what we what we see. And what we see is a genuinely good dude. Got some humbleness to him. So forth. Works hard. We talk about all the time role models, right? J.J. Watt, role model. Uh, Giannis, I would think at this point, pretty comfortable. Role model. If you're a parent and your kid wants to look up to whoever the case may be. Now, obviously, everybody always says, ah, look up to your parents. Eh, that's fine. Parents should be role models. I don't disagree. But sometimes you're going to have other people that you look to, especially if it's something that you want to do. If your kid wants to be an NBA player, then he's going to look at one of those one of those players. If your kid wants to do, um, I don't know, be a sports center anchor or something like that, he's going to, he or she uh, is going to look at one of those sports center anchors and be like, I want to be like that person. You know, I want to be as good as that person. Uh, or a news talk person. You're going to find somebody on news talk radio or, or sports talk radio or, uh, you know, top 40 station or an urban hip hop station or whatever the case may be. They're going to find those people. So for me, the whole package of Giannis is just amazing. Something I never thought I'd see in my lifetime. And that is my question to you listening right there. Give me a, one or two things that you've seen in your lifetime as a Wisconsin sports fan, good or bad, that you never thought you'd see. That you just never thought you'd see. That you still just kind of shake your head like, dang, man, I was blessed to live through that and be able to witness and experience that. Like, there are some of you listening that got to see the Milwaukee Braves play. I mean, that that's amazing. And you hear the stories of Warren Spahn and Eddie Matthews and those guys. Aaron, I mean, that's just crazy. Some of you probably, they got to see the Lombardi Packers play. That's amazing. So for all of us, it's going to be different things, right, that we got to see, whether it be in person, whether it be listening to it on the radio, seeing it on TV, um, whatever it may be. I want to know, good or bad, doesn't matter, your choice. You can go wherever where with it you want. But the whole basis of this for me is just the Giannis thing. It's just how incredible it is 
that we get to watch this dude wearing a Bucks jersey representing the city of Milwaukee. It's truly an amazing thing that I never thought I'd get to see. So what about you? What's that that sports moment for you uh, that you never thought you'd get to see in your lifetime? 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250. Tweet us at 1250 AM, the fan. AR Adam Roberts, you're younger than me, obviously. Uh, mm-hmm. Is there something for you that sticks out so far? So if I may, Sparky, I want to take a little bit of a different angle to this question. It'll still in a roundabout way, answer the question that you have posed. But I want to answer it by saying something that I have been blessed to not have seen as a Wisconsin sports fan, and that is any of our teams leave the state. Because we, especially in modern sports, and it's happened as long as sports have existed. In the 1920s, teams would stay in a town for a cup of coffee right. and be on to a new town during yep. that season. Yep. But we have in the last five, six, ten years seen cities like Oakland. We've seen cities like Seattle. We've seen cities like um, Montreal have passionate fan bases. It's not about the fans. It's about business. Right. Teams leaving for really no reason. You go back to Baltimore when the Colts left for Indianapolis. Mr. Colts fan. Yes. Middle of the night. Mayfair moving truck. And there's nothing, especially if you're a parent of a fan of those teams. If you're a, well, if your kid was an Oakland Raiders fan, how do you explain to that kid, hey, your favorite team, they're going to Vegas. What about Cleveland? The Browns. Yep. They're Baltimore. going to Baltimore. Right. Something about Baltimore, man. Uh, but yeah, I'm so blessed because, as you know as well as anyone, there was a time, and it's crazy to think that this was not even 10 years ago, there was no guarantee we were going to have a basketball team in oh, downtown yes, Milwaukee. Oh, stop. That was one of the easiest stadium deals that has ever been done in the history of sports. That there was literally like no challenge uh, at all to Peter Fagan. Peter Fagan worked that as good as anybody possibly could have worked a deal to get that stadium mm. done and that Deer District done. He did. Now, struggles, struggle, legit struggle was getting Miller Park slash American Family Field done. Another great now, example. That one, they almost left on that one because from that perspective, you had, who was it, Charlotte, I think it was, who still doesn't have a team. Um, I think it was Charlotte that was hot to trot. Uh, to try to get the White Sox to go there, to try to get Milwaukee, whatever the case was. That one went down to the last couple of minutes. I mean, you get a a guy from Racine uh, who flops or flips his vote, and that's why that stadium gets built. And then eventually Racine votes him out because they didn't want to pay uh, the tax, the five-county tax. They didn't want to be a part of it. Um, and so, people, so many people were mad. But they ought to build a statue for that dude because without him – that thing never happens. That thing never gets built, and they very well may have lost his team because County Stadium was crumbling. We can like agree the, on that. The, the bowels of that stadium were god-awful. That stadium was god-awful. Um, and I remember people going, ah, it's fine. My seat's fine. There's nothing wrong with my seat. And people are just so clueless. Uh, so that one was legit chance of moving. This fights are four wood, man. That was as easy as it gets. It was so simple. That thing went as smooth, and everybody was freaking out. I'm like, y'all, they got this. Like, there's there's not enough naysayers out there for this to be a deal. And if anybody had gone through County Stadium, uh, for the Brewers knew that was about as easy as it got. It was it was very well done by Fagan. He he, Peter Fagan did so much work 
legwork and shaking hands and kissing babies and doing all that stuff leading up to this moment, setting it up to make it as easy as possible, um, that it was almost flawless the way he went about it. All right, counterpoint then. I don't disagree with you, but what would have happened if he had not been in his position? And now we're getting into the what-ifs game. But there are plenty of cities and teams that don't have someone as able-minded as Fagan running these business operations. I've wondered for, and don't let Toby hear this, but I've wondered for a long time how Dan Snyder has managed to keep the uh, formerly nameless team, now the commanders, in the uh, D.C. area, given all the tumultuousness that, well, yeah, money 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 talks. That's all it is, man. He's got a ton of money. And even if he sells it, somebody will buy it because it's D.C. and there's a ton of money. So somebody else will buy it. These big markets, you know, L.A., well, L.A.'s LA's the outlier. But, I mean, for the most part, you know, Atlanta, those fans don't care about those teams nearly as much as we do here in Wisconsin. So even though that's the case, you're still going to have people owning those teams because it's a huge market. Chicago, that's not going to change either. Detroit, those teams are horrible, but they're still going to have teams regardless because of the market size that it's in. So a lot of these aren't in trouble. Now, Milwaukee isn't a big enough market. You're right. So from that aspect, the Brewers, that was a scary proposition. The one that nobody ever talks about, and I don't know what would have happened had it got voted down, was the renovation, the first renovation done to Lambeau Field, where Bob Harlan, I mean, had people all kinds angry at him because they didn't want to renovate Lambeau Field and do everything that Bob Harlan wanted to do. And if they don't do the first renovation, again, I'm not sitting here telling you they would have moved because I don't think that's what would have happened, obviously, because... The city owns them, or however you want to go about looking at this. Um, but I, I don't think they've been nearly as competitive uh, with the rest of the league had they not been able to continue uh, to do renovations and try to keep up bringing in the money and the revenue in order to keep up with the payrolls that were going on in the NFL. I, that would have been a huge problem. And Mark Murphy, to his credit, has picked it up and ran with it even further with the development of the Titletown District. Well, I'll tell you this. If they had uh, left town, they would have a real nice war memorial in Green Bay right now because that was the original stipulation with that whole deal with the ownership stock was if they ever were to leave, they had to put all the money from the sale of the team into a war memorial to honor fallen veterans. So it'd be a really damn nice memorial. Would have been amazing. No question. All right. What sports moment for you, good or bad? Uh, happened in your lifetime that you just can't believe that you actually saw in your lifetime. I mean, think about all the Cub fans. They never got to see a World Series, a team win a World Series. I'd imagine if we were doing this Chicago, most teams, most fans would say the Cubs are winning the World Series. Mike the Painter, you're up first on Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals, who won games one and game two in their playoff matchup over the weekend. Nicely done by the Admirals. What's up, Mike? Oh, that's sweet. I never thought I would see all three major teams of ours in this state have an MVP all at the same time being on the same team. You know, it's not in my lifetime. I never thought it. I never thought I'd see another MVP in football after Brett Favre, an MVP in baseball, and and Yelich and Giannis, an MVP. Never thought I'd see it, all three of them. I agree. I mean, it is crazy when you think back yeah. of how bad the Brewers were, how bad the Packers were for so long, the Bucks oh. and the Chris Ford era, and how, how bad those teams were. I, never, ever yeah. did I think yeah. we'd ever get to this point of, of of having this much success 
all at the same time for all the pro teams. Like, it's just wild to me. Mike, thanks for the call. All right, take a quick time. I'll come back. All right, we'll read some of your tweets as well. Tweet us at 1250 AM, the fan, or dial it up. The question is simple. What's that one sports moment in your lifetime that you thought you would never see happen, good or bad? 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250. Tweet us at 1250 AM, the fan. Sparky's Day is presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Sparky's Midday Madness, presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Pretty sure, I don't want to jinx them, but they're up 2-0 in their series. That's the five series. I'm pretty sure they're going to win this series. And then we get talk, talking about the next round of the playoffs with more Admirals home games. So follow everything you need at MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. That's MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. So the question that we've got, Coming up on Sparky's Midday Madness, presented by the Milwaukee Admirals, is at the 1250 AM The Fan Account. What Wisconsin sports moment in your life can you still not believe happened? Good or bad? Good or bad? What sports moment can you believe you still can't believe actually happened? Claxon III says, this isn't really a moment, but honestly, the entire story of Giannis, where and what he came from, to who he is today, and what he accomplished so far is honestly unbelievable. I agree. Giannis is mine too. The fact that he's a multiple-time MVP, the fact that the man is a guy that won an NBA championship. I mean, seriously, think about this. Did you think, after watching Michael Jordan and the Bulls, Shaq and Kobe and all this stuff, Garnett and Ray Allen. Did you ever think during that run the Bucks would have the best player in the league and have won an NBA championship? Did that ever cross your mind? Never crossed my mind. I really thought if they were going to win a championship, it was going to have to be like the the Pistons of Rip Hamilton, Ben Wallace, Chauncey Billups, where you'd have to put together a collection of good players, maybe not great, but good, uh, and have it all click for you for you know, one postseason. I thought that's how it was going to have to happen because I didn't think they'd get a superstar type player. And for it to happen this way, and like he said, the story, like that Disney movie, I hope they don't screw that Disney movie up. Like, I really hope and pray this Giannis Disney movie that they're going to have, that they don't screw it up. I really hope and pray because, you know, Giannis didn't want to be in Space Jam or none of that stuff because it takes away from, you know, him getting ready for basketball. I really hope somebody in that family, I don't care who it is, somebody takes control of that family story and makes sure they get that movie right. Because I don't want to go see this movie and be like, oh man, what a great movie. I didn't know that. I didn't know this. I didn't know that. And then the movie's done. And then I have to listen to Giannis go, well, yeah, it wasn't really all that true and that accurate. Like, please just make sure y'all get it right. That's all I'm asking for. Shane tweets at 1250 AM. The fan says, 2014 NFC Championship game. We had it. Then it slipped away. Yeah. Yep. I got a feeling that one is is going to resonate with everybody forever. Lots of people on Twitter with that one. The bad one is going to be the Seattle game where Bostic played hero ball instead of listening to his coach and letting the ball go he went up to get it and it killed him uh gerard in delaware you're next here on sparky's midday madness what's up gerard uh how you doing sparky uh get this out of the way real quick uh the 96 super bowl championship after all those years of misery was the biggest thrill for me can i ask you a question so you watched all of it similar to me 
Um, for me, I tell the story all the time. When they signed Reggie White, I knew they were going to go to a Super Bowl at some point. I didn't know what year, but I figured they were going to go once they got Reggie White to go with what they had already. Did you ever have a feeling at any moment in time that they were eventually going to get there? Well, yes. When they started putting Reggie White on the team, I was driving home from work, and Mike Francesa said, the Green Bay Packers rejoice. You have just signed Reggie White. I was about 3 o'clock Eastern Standard Time in the afternoon. Uh, I don't know when he was officially signed, but I did have that feeling. I was very hopeful, especially when they started picking up guys like Gilbert Brown and Santana Dodson. Then when they picked up Sean Jones, I was nearly, you know, I was really feeling it, that they could finally match with professional players against the Cowboys and these other teams. But what I really want to get to is um, the UB Brown thing, that you keep saying that he was rooting for the Celtics. And that uh, the three guys on ESPN, they just replayed it on uh, NBC Boston. They all said Marcus Smart was fouled in the act of shooting. Jalen Rose and, and Stephen A. Smith and the other guy are not Celtic fans. Number two, Stephen Brown A. Smith is definitely not a Milwaukee fan. No, well, we Stephen know that. But it's a Sixer Nick fan. That's a correct. Fan. Yes, he correct. The Knicks, okay? He covered the and Sixers he, and, for a long time. Right. Absolutely. Now, now, Yubi Brown was brought up in New Jersey. Okay, he coached the Knicks for a long time. He nearly won a championship. Coached the Bucks too. That's yeah, but he's assistant. Yep. That's different. You Correct. know, that, that's a different ball game. He is he is your guy. The three guys: Mike Bream, Mark Jackson, the two Gundies, Van Gundies, and your guy Anderson do the NBA games. They are not Celtic fans. The, the, the New York guys hate the Knicks. Well, let me I tell mean, you, excuse me, some eight, background. Eight, the Van Gundys, the Van Gundys, and previous owner of the Milwaukee Bucks, Herb Cole, that wasn't exactly a, a great relationship either, right, because Herb Cole got that. rid of Stan Van Gundy as the well, Badger well, coach, I, and there was bad blood there for quite a while. I understand all that, and I just want to make my point. Eighty-eight-year-old Yubi Brown, if everybody was as competent as this man is at that age, they should get on their knees twenty-four. No doubt. Okay, so look. He called the game, and I explained that to you guys this afternoon when I said to you that he called them the way he saw them. Okay, that's what Yubi Brown does. And sometimes Yubi, look, that's going to get on the Bucs fans. This is what I say is nothing personal against the Bucs. My feeling is there's nonsense going on in the league. That's my, with the refs. This is my sense. Okay, I, it's nothing against the Bucs. You got to understand that. Just because I say the the calls are going the Bucks way, I if I'm a Buck fan, that's fine. Yeah, you, you understand. But every we got to understand now, not these guys are Celtic fans. Yubi Brown is not a Celtic fan by any. I didn't say he was. I didn't say he was a Celtics well, fan. You said he was rooting for the Celtics because he's that during the game. You said it that. seemed yes. It seemed like he's that not, he, though, there there was more pro Boston stuff going on than yeah, there was one way or the other. Yeah, but Sparky, you got to understand, because he's seen what the same thing a lot of people are seeing doesn't mean it's pro-Boston. In other words, he's saying Giannis is crashing into people and doing this, and it's and it's calls. It's it's offensive fouls. You understand? And this is no. what he's saying. No, I don't. I watch that. Brian Anderson or those guys call a game, and I don't get the same type of view from Brian Anderson calling a Golden you, State you Memphis game that one way or the other. Gundy. I you always it got it. I got it from Van Jeff Gundy. Van Gundy all the time back in the day for the Bucks. Yes, thanks for the call. All the time. Jeff Van Gundy was never pro Milwaukee ever a day in his life back in the day when he was calling games. Just no chance. Now, coincidence, whatever. To me, once 
we changed ownership and so forth, and then Giannis became that guy, then obviously it changes a little bit, right? Because now it's it's going to be awfully hard to kind of go against them one way or the other. And again, me personally, I think Jeff Van Gundy is excellent. I know some people don't like Van Gundy. I think Van Gundy, Mark Jackson, and Breen are amazing. I think they're very, very good together. I think they're awesome. Anybody with Brian Anderson is good. I'd stand Van Gundy cracks me up when I listen to him. He's funny too. I don't have a problem with the majority of these national guys. And I wasn't trying to poke at Gerard in Delaware when I said that it felt like he was pulling for Boston. But again, as a Boston fan, you're going, well, of course he wasn't pulling for us. He just agrees with us. That doesn't mean he's pulling for us. Right. But if he would have been talking the same way about Milwaukee, then Boston Celtics fans would have been saying the same thing about Hubie Brown. That, oh, man, feels like he's kind of pulling from Milwaukee a little bit here. And we do this all the time, over and over and over again. So Again, it doesn't matter. Like, I watch Hubie Brown every day of the week, call NBA games. I'm fine with it. I don't care which way he's going one way or the other. I like him. And again, like he said, and I agree with Gerard a thousand percent, and we said it on the big show, 88 years old, A, don't even know if I'll be alive. B, if I am to be at the top of your sport doing what you do, like he is, doing playoff games at that level at 88 years old? Come on now. Mark, in Hales Corners, uh, what sports moment did you think you never thought you'd see in your lifetime, Mark? Oh, man, the one that, that got me, Sparky, it's related to a retirement of a, of a Green Bay Packer unexpectedly, and that was when Sterling Sharp got hurt and then they found out that he had, you know, the spinal stenosis yes. or whatever it was. And yeah. I just remember getting the news um, that he had, you know, had to retire and just, like, bawling my eyes out because I just I thought he was just an amazing player and I, I loved watching every minute of his career. And I, I hope that he somehow gets into the – the Hall of Fame, you know, like like Leroy did recently. I mean, his you know, Leroy's, you know, um, you know, had the Super Bowl ring and all that, and he definitely deserves to be there. I think Sterling deserves to be there too. His his, his you know career just tragically got cut short, but my God, he was amazing to watch. He him. was amazing. I mean, again, he was a dominant NFL receiver in that era. He was legitimately a dominant player. Now Terrell Davis got in, and everybody thought his career wasn't long enough, and that he wouldn't get in. Um, yeah. Do you think it'll be the Super Bowl ring, the lack of a Super Bowl ring that'll keep him out? Do you think that's what what it could end up being? His if he had, if he had a Super Bowl ring, I think he'd be in already. Yes, but I, I just, think I, don't know. I just I mean, Kelvin Johnson's in, and he retired. You know, he had retired early, wasn't because injured. Like I think Sterling clearly belongs in the Hall of Fame. I don't disagree with you. You and I are agreeing. I tend yeah. to think it'll be at the Veterans Committee uh, when he's old. No, fine, but when he's old, in. my God. But, but I think in. yeah, he belongs in. Mark, thanks for the call. I agree. We just had Lomas Brown on. He belongs in, too. I mean, that dude was one of the top linemen in the league when he played year in and year out. There are a lot of guys that you could probably say belong in one way or the other. The Sterling Sharp one is tricky because, like he said, because of injury and the career ending the way it did. The thing that hurts him, if we're keeping it real, he ain't talked to the media. That's who votes. Like, he screwed himself. <laughs> Completely. Not that, you know. He should care one way or the other what the media thinks of him one way or the other, but they are the ones that are voting at this point. And you put yourself in a position of it was me against the media and didn't talk to anybody. Well, in order to get to that final room and get voted in, they're going to be the ones that are going to have to have your back. Now, he's got his brother who's on TV that will pull for him. I'm sure Leroy would pull for him if given the opportunity uh, to stop to try and get him in. Uh, Brett, has Brett Favre ever stomped for Sterling Sharp to be in the Hall of Fame? I don't know if he has or not. Uh, but that would be another one that could stomp for him to get in. 
that's kind of how this is going to have to go. Like players in the Hall of Fame will have to stomp for Sterling Sharp to get him at least up to the final round with these writers. And then it's going to go back to Pete Doherty again. And Pete is going to have to pitch Sterling Sharp and lobby as far as Sterling Sharp goes to get him in. I would one of these times, once the maybe the Bucks are done with the playoffs or one of these days where there's a break in between playoff series, we should get Pete Doherty on and ask him how good of a case he thinks Sterling Sharp has for making the Hall of Fame at one point. Because Doherty's been in the room. He's heard the the arguments for all these different players that make that final cut as far as why they should be in or not. He knows Sharp's numbers. I'd be very interested to in seeing uh, what he would say to that. Justin, my guy, Raleigh, North Carolina, you're next on Sparky's Midday Madness presented to you by the Admirals. What's up, Justin? Oh, Sparky, my man. We got a lot of things with me being 39, with you being 46, that we've seen that we never thought that was possible. You hit on the Giannis thing. I would, I'm going to give you my best thing and my worst thing. My best thing in person would have to be watching the Wisconsin Badgers beat the 38-0 Kentucky Wildcats Ooh, and sending them home 38-done. Uh, those Kentucky fans were on us from the start. You idiots from Wisconsin don't know basketball. You're a hockey school, yada, yada, yada. And to watch those guys leave with their white jeans on and their fair gamos on in February and their bleach blonde hair was amazing. The worst thing. Uh, as a couple of callers have mentioned it, Seahawks and Packers. Um, that would definitely have to be one. I remember vividly going to a Packers bar in Charlotte, women and even some men crying profusely over that loss. It was just the worst thing. That one, and then probably being up 2-0 on the Raptors and coming back in and losing to, to those guys and Drake, that probably had to be one of the low points. And then, you know, after that, Golden State getting hurt up and stuff like that, I felt like that was Milwaukee championship we lost. Thank God Giannis brought one back. And, uh, Sparky, I want to advocate one thing we need. You got to bring the postgame show back, bro. Huh. Like, we need you. Yeah, we, man. We need you. I, I know. I, I hear you. I get I get that question all the time. I don't know. I don't know what Same we're going to do. With, I don't know what we're going to do with postgame show one way or the other. It comes from above me. So, uh, I don't know. We'll see. Even, even let one of these great producers that you guys have at 1250 do it or whatever, or something like that. What we just needed. I I forgot who it was. Somebody brought up online, and maybe you do it. I don't know. Somebody can do it. Somebody brought up online that somebody should do a post game on the Twitter spaces online after Bucks game. Twitter Live would be a good... You would do really well, Sparky, on Twitter Live, I think, because you're already on Twitter 24-7. You know the culture. I think you do really well on Twitter Live. I don't understand how it works, to be honest with you. Justin, thanks for the call. I don't understand. you do, though. No, I don't. I don't understand Twitter spaces at all. I don't get it. Well, the text stuff, I can help you with that. That's not a problem. I know Tony in Texas or whatever did that Bart Winkler wrap-up show that I think died, because I haven't seen anything about that lately. Yeah, it's dead. That's dead. That lasted for a little while. Um, So what is it, then? Well, I mean, so what is Twitter spaces? So like, is it a video of like me talking and then like all these other people pop up on video and it's one big group like video chat? Yeah, you can or see, you it, can interact with your chat. It's like, think of it like a stream. It's just your last So is it like Periscope, Twitter's version of Periscope? I would say so. Now you can, now I have like good camera technology. It's not like I'm going to be holding a 140p camera and you're going to be right. a bunch of pixels. Like I'll right. make it look good. Right. But yeah, I mean, you're just interacting with the fans and trust me. And then you they see, know you're, the, are, are people tweeting at you or are people talking at you? Well, you can see they, there's a name. So there's a name to attach to a voice and yeah, you can see what they're saying about the game or whatever. 
and you can slow it down so it's not just like moving at the speed of light and you can't keep up. But it's not like a bar situation where we're all just sitting around talking and everybody's talking over each other and that whole deal. No. That's not what it is. I don't believe so, no. Because that's how I envisioned it in my brain was... Like, it's just a bunch of dudes just sitting around talking to one another, and the little square, like, moves around like you would on a Zoom. One person's talking, then it moves over, and then that person can talk, and it kind of moderates itself. I've never done it. So, I, I'm sure some people have, and I probably should have at some point. I don't think anybody on our station has done this whole Twitter Spaces thing. Um, and maybe we should. I don't know. Maybe that's something to consider at some point, and uh, maybe I will. I mean, if you do it, I'm the guy to produce it because I used to stream on Twitch, so I kind of, I do kind of know See, how this stuff done, works. Haven't done that either. Uh, we had looked into doing Twitch uh, for the station at one point, uh, but then that, that I wasn't able to get that all done either. That was that that came up as well in the past, as far as having cameras in the studio like they do at the Score in Chicago and all of that stuff. Um, so, I don't know. Who knows? Well, I'll keep you posted, and we'll see what happens here as we go uh, throughout the postseason. Either way, y'all, we had a great run doing postgame shows. We got to do a championship-winning postgame show last year. So, even if it doesn't happen again this year, whatever the case may be, we all got to live through that championship. Now, they could win back-to-back championships. That'd be cool. Still going to be a parade and all that other stuff. And as our guy AR says, I'm always on Twitter if y'all need me. I'm, I'm always there. I don't answer to every single tweet, but I'm always usually pretty much there on Twitter, one or the other. But the one thing that irritates people sometimes and they get mad at me is I don't watch it live all the time. I've got, like, for instance, quickly, nobody cares about my schedule, but but quickly here, right? So tonight I got the, the spring concert for the kindergartner. Um, then I've got uh, tomorrow doubleheader baseball for the high school kid. Plus the kindergartner has baseball practice. So she's going to one, I'm going to the other. Uh, then Wednesday... Uh, he's got soccer practice. Thursday, uh, he's got baseball practice. Friday, he's got a soccer game. This is all the kindergartner stuff now. Saturday morning, he's got basketball practice, and the freshman has a doubleheader uh, baseball game out in Burlington. That, that's that's my week. That's And then Sunday, we rest, and, and then we move forward. So sometimes, like, I'm not near a TV set or anything, so I record the game, and then I watch it later. Like, Saturday, I watched it live the whole way through, we were up by our mom's uh, for Mother's Day weekend, so I watched the whole thing through. The game prior to that, I recorded. I wasn't anywhere near home. Uh, out doing stuff, I watched it when I got home that night. But see, here's the thing. Sparky. Then I had to stay off Twitter, though, because if I go on Twitter, then I'm going to find out what happened. I try to avoid that. But the thing is, with you and Twitter, what I notice about you, which is great for stuff like this, because you've worked in radio for years and years and years, you know the question to ask. Because we know the name of the game is engagement. So you know what to ask that will get people, sure. maybe not riled up necessarily, but there's emotion put into oh, it. Yeah. You know what people are wanting to answer to. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's all good points. All right, coming up next, we'll hear from John McLaughlin. He was on earlier in the show uh, on the Wendy's Big Show uh, and uh, give you a little chance to hear from Johnny Mack and his thoughts on this series and the physicality uh, of this series. That's all straight ahead here on Sparky's Midday Madness presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sparks Midday Madness presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. How are you on this Monday afternoon as we get ready for game four tonight? Fiserv Forum, Deer District's going to be hopping. Yeah, it's windy outside, but other than that, it's good. Uh, so it should be a, a packed Deer District tonight. 6.30 tip for that one between the Bucks and the Celtics. We'll see what adjustments are made on both sides. We'll see how the officiating is and just how ticky-tacky uh, the calls are going to be tonight. I, I think there might be a little bit more uh, you know, stricter officiating uh, after both sides have been complaining here, especially John Horst, the GM, complaining to Eric Name of the Athletic about how uh, the games have been officiated. The Celtics talking about maybe they're going to start flopping to get calls. I mean... We'll see how this all goes. We're broadcasting live from the Lakeland University Studios, offering evening and online master's programs. Learn more at lakeland.edu slash get started. Earlier uh, this afternoon, um, it was a funny moment uh, with Andy, not Andy, Adam, I should say, Adam Roberts. He uh, comes over in a break during the big show, and he's like, Sparky, uh, one thing. And I was like, ah, hold on. I'm working on Christmas stuff. And what did you say? Of course, yeah, Christmas stuff. Yep, of course, of course, of course, right? Because I, I'm, I'm kind of in a conundrum right now because we have the baby on the way, and we were having a conversation of I need a tree for the baby to put the presents for the baby under the tree, but I've already got four trees in the living room and one in the kitchen, so that's kind of the issue here. Um, as far as what to do. So now I'm thinking I'm adding a fifth tree to the living room. Okay. But now it's going to be the arrangement of where the couches go and then where does our big Disney Village go? Because we've got like 20, 20 or some houses, Disney Village houses. So that's going to have to move too. So this weekend I think we're going to try and figure this out physically because it, it, it takes some planning to make sure I pull this off right because we put it up usually the day after Halloween, everything goes up. So we're like, what did, how many? I think we're 20... Hold on here. I counted the Mondays out. Um, 25 Mondays away to putting the trees up. So, Well, that's a real conundrum, Sparky. You know, I we're going to get to McLaughlin's interview yeah. in just a sec, but I got to say, all these talk about your trees and all of this stuff, I've been thinking about it. 
if you're familiar with the website UrbanDictionary.com, yeah. if you look up first world problems, this should be the paragraph underneath <laughs> first world problems. Steve Sparky Pfeiffer can't figure out how to get his Christmas yeah. tree orientation well, and, set up. And Real not, first world problems. Right. And Jax, the six-year-old, wants a pink one for his for his baby sister. Pink trees are cool. You like pink trees? I like all so colors of trees. So is it white lights then on the on the pink tree? Is that what you do? Yeah, unless you want to go Valentine's theme, then you get the red lights. Oh, see, we've never had a Valentine's Christmas tree. I guess it wouldn't be a Christmas tree, but a Valentine's tree. So now I'm planting seeds here. Yeah, yeah. We are talking about trees. Let's hear from John McLaughlin uh, earlier today on the Wendy's Big Show talking about the physicality in this series and how kind of both teams are being allowed to play uh, at this point. Always like your spark going right to the core, man, and you're good at it. Um, I I really paid attention to the defense, and it's stunning. it's physical. It's outstanding. It's um, um, fortunately, you know, we don't have the the Detroit era where you can right. run people and get away with it and yeah. then have brawls. I, I, I really appreciate that about the NBA. Uh, I'm really impressed with both the individual defense and the team defense. And, and, and there's a difference, even though one plays to the other uh, for each team. But you have to play good individual defense to then uh, lay into the game plan and the team defense. And and what Boston has done, and we knew they would do this. I mean, they were they were the best all year. Their front line bigs have done a phenomenal job on Giannis in being able to physically and quick with quickness stay in front of him. Giannis, his brilliance continues to come through because he. He's, he's like, uh, you know, water that bursts through a dam. He just keeps coming at you until he intellectually finds the way to get through with his physicality. So it's been remarkable to watch, I think. No, and I would agree with you. And I think now all of a sudden, I mean, you don't you don't have a, a Middleton now with you. You understand that they miss misses him a lot and a lot – then comes on other players. Now you start looking at some of the role players, looking at like Bobby Portis, Grayson Allen, and then you're looking at how can these guys and Pat Connaughton, how these guys now can contribute with the absence of Middleton. Well, you know, first of all, I, I've said this many times with you guys, but John John Horst has done a great job with all the complimentary players. And when I say that, I'm not trying to take anything away from any of them, I think our point guard is one of the best ever. He's just a tremendous player. And and with what um, John did in terms of going out and getting uh, the guys that you have missed, and Allen and, and Connick and Pat's been there for a while, but um, uh, and, and Bobby, of course, they can all make shots, and, and they have. Um, and look what Allen did in, that, in, in the Chicago series. He had open shots, and he made them. And, and I think even in saying that, we're in the playoffs, and you've got all the teams remaining could win a championship. Any of them could win it. Just a little luck, a little streak here, a little streak there in both the East and the West. So it's really important that the other guys make those shots because they're collapsing into the paint with not just two guys, sometimes three on Giannis. That means somebody's open. And when they're open and Giannis does find them, and I think overall he does a a marvelous job at it, um, shots have to be made. 
and this is playoffs. The other thing that I love that I see both teams do a great job of, and I, I harped on this for many years as a Bucks announcer when we have teams that did not do it. These two teams do two things that I love, and I've always said that if if you do that, you're going to win a number of games through the regular season. One, fight over the screens. Go through them. Get through them. Don't be screened and have the back man show. And then number two, challenge. Run at every open jump shot. Challenge, even if you've got to cover 20, 20 feet, 30 feet, challenge it, run at it, and each team is doing a great job of that. Johnny Mac, I wouldn't go about the lineup change. I, I, I think Boston's going to do it as well because they got a few guys that are banged up, and I know it may come down to health. But they had a, I like that three guard rotation that they put in the starting lineup with Matthews, Allen, and Holiday. Now Holiday took thirty shots. I think that's unprecedented for him, but he wasn't oh. you know, quite on. He was three for ten. He took ten three pointers. I think it caught Boston by surprise, but that also moves Portis to the bench, and I think the reason why they don't mind. Porter's coming off the bench because you got to have somebody come off the bench with the energy. And and Pat Conton had some open shots, wasn't able to make it. Were you okay with um, – did y'all ever do that? Did coaches come in if you're playing a series, Johnny Mack, and maybe change it up a little bit, maybe move one guy to the bench and move, and move a different guy to the starting lineup? Well, first of all, 100% for a football guy, you're a pretty good basketball guy. You know that? Hey, that's Hall right. of Famer. Oh, that's a Hall drop. That's a drop. Uh, I, I liked it also. Stop uh, recording during Coach that point. I'd be nice, Steve. <laughs> and, and I agree with you. Um, my wife and I were watching the game, and she says, well, you know, Portis is a starting, and I, and I said exactly what you said. What he brings off the bench with that unit uh, really paid off, and, and he's he's the type of guy that can do it, will do it, not just physically, but with his proper attitude. Um, and, and I liked it a lot, and I think it worked. Now, um, uh, as I mentioned, we, we, we've got guys that can make shots. We've got a great point guard who you're just not going to deny. Maybe the shot's not going, but throughout the course of the game, he's going to beat you some way. He's mm-hmm. so strong. If you've ever seen him up close, I mean, he looks like he could be a heck of a linebacker. He's so thick through, you know, through the upper body. Um, so I liked it a lot. And, and on our teams, we didn't do it often because are you going to sit down Kareem, Oscar, and Bobby mm-hmm. right. <laughs> to, to go smaller? So we didn't do it on, on our championship teams because those guys were, were so dominant. You know, um, I played on some teams that did do it, and and the, the difference is I think we didn't have the three-point line back then, and it didn't pay off in the same way uh, that it would today. Good yep. question. Yeah, and, uh, and again, tell your wife we said Happy Mother's Day. I think one of the biggest things, they took 18 threes in game two. This game, they took 34, but it was only 26%. So Gary Point, when we first came on, was correct. They need shooters because they're going to give open shots to certain guys. And, I mean, Johnny Mike, some of these shots, they're like free throws. The guys have to make them to really stop the run of Boston. You're right. Now, <clears throat> you guys know this. <clears throat> I don't know how much different 
football is in basketball. I mean, I played football in high school, but I mean, that's, you know, I can't go back to that and, and relate. But in basketball, um, even, you know, your, your best shooters, you're just going to have times. It just ain't going, man. It just, it's not right. And that's when, you know, the next day I, I, I couldn't go to a gym like, like, uh, Giannis, Giannis can. Yeah. After the game, we didn't have things like that. But I'd be in the gym the next day, really working on on my shots, taking a lot of shots. And the number one adjustment I always made was arc. I made sure I got the ball up in the air. Brian Winters and I used to talk about that. That that was the most effective adjustment. But just some, it's amazing how some days it just at games it's just not going. But Mm-hmm. If you have enough shooters, you feel like, well, it's going to happen for one of them. And and I think that applies to both of these teams. Like, they could come out tonight and both of them just light it up. And and I actually, I expect that to happen. I don't know if I answered your question, but oh, like, no. uh, I hope I made the point. Absolutely. You know, uh, it, you know, it, you know even uh, as great as Curry is, there's moments in, in games and games that just ain't going, you know. And that's right. mm-hmm. the, the great ones, it's not going to last a lot of games, however. That's yeah. for sure. Oh, no, you answered it perfectly. I think some people think it's easy. It's not easy out there. <laughs> no, it isn't. It's not, even though it looks easy. Yep. <laughs> Tom with John McLaughlin, Bucks legend, here on the Schneider Orange Hotline on the Wendy's Big Show. I, we had mentioned going into Game Three that you know one of the ways that you can get these shooters going a little bit again. Now we have to make the shots like we were just talking about, yeah, yeah. but was by kind of letting Brook Lopez go back to being the Brook Lopez that he was prior to Milwaukee, and that is just dropping the ball down to him in the lower block and let him get going inside. Um, and they threw him to him on the elbow, I think, once with Al against Al Horford, drew a foul on Horford. And immediately I went on Twitter and I said, okay, now go back to it again. Let's get Horford in foul trouble. He can't guard him. And they never did it again. Um, And I don't know why they're so against doing it, but I think it takes away uh, some of the pressure on, you know, Drew Holiday and Giannis from consistently having to go to the rim and get their brains beat in by letting Lopez do what he does and work around the rim a little bit more maybe than they have previously. Sparky, what series was it last year that we were screaming about that. Um, take Lopez low. Was it series one or two? I can't recall. I think it was Brooklyn. I think Brooklyn. it was Brooklyn. Yeah. yeah. I think it was Brooklyn. Yeah. 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 And, and it was the same thing, you know, and, and look guys, when I, when I did games as an analyst, I was really cautious. I never, I never went after coaches at all. And I still wouldn't, I'm not that arrogant and buds are hell of a coach. And, and, I would never go after that, but I do wonder the same thing. And and um, when we started game three, I was watching the game with my wife and made the comment to her, just what you said, good. They went into him early, low, got that foul on Horford, you know, the whole thing. And, and Lopez is so talented that he can go in, out, he can, he can motor for a seven-footer. I mean, the way he moves around – and he's got the skills, and, and I have felt the same way. Like, mm-hmm. let's establish him a little bit more inside. Now, I realize when he's down there, does that affect Giannis differently? And what's the game plan? I don't know. But I agree with that statement, Spark, that uh, they need to get him rolling 
down there, and then if they take it away, they can move him out. There is John McLaughlin uh, earlier today. Still a couple minutes left in that interview, but we're going to cut it short. Here we have Toby Altizer in studio, getting ready to fill in for Rami McLaughlin coming up here at 3 o'clock. What do you got coming up, Toby Altizer? Yeah, obviously got to talk about Game 3, the Bucks beating the Celtics. That was a fun one to watch, so we'll talk about that. Preview Game 4, talk with Scott Grodsky of CBS 58. He'll come up at 345. Tim Allen, the franchise, comes up at 430. We'll talk some Brewers baseball. Also talk some Packers football in that 4 o'clock hour. Didn't talk a whole lot of that on Friday, so we'll dive into that. Draft mockery at 445. And then depending upon if Mike Budenholzer doesn't sound like he's eating his microphone like he does sometimes, we'll play his pregame presser as well. Eating his microphone? Yeah, like this and blah, blah, blah. Uh, you can't understand a word. Have you heard some of his? It's, it's distorted. so bad. It's somewhat it's distorted. Awful. Yes, it is. It is somewhat distorted. Are you uh, Are you feeling good about the Bucks' chances tonight? I almost feel like more confident in Game 4 than I did Game 3. And I was decently confident in Game 3. But I, I feel pretty confident they're going to win tonight. Really? Why, why, do you not feel very confident? Uh, yeah, no, I, I feel pretty confident. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with the whole thing. Um, I, I guess for me, it just all comes down to if Tatum doesn't blow up, because he's going to blow up. I think one of these games. So if he doesn't go get forty or more, mm-hmm. I think the Bucks win tonight. But well, they've contained him if, so far. Right, that's what I'm saying. I just think eventually he's gonna, eventually he's gonna get hot and it's gonna be unconscious and they're screwed and it's, they're gonna lose. But if he has one of those games and Jalen Brown goes back to his game one performance, I think they can still win. We're gonna find out. That's for sure. He is Toby Altizer. He comes up next here on 12:50 a.m. The Fan. Enjoy the rest of your day. Toodles. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.